really happy to introduce you to Paul Sullivan, who is the person who is responsible for covert communication being invited to participate in the SunPower Preferred Vendor Program in 2017. So Paul, tell me, before you got to SunPower, um, what was your role and what did you do after you started with the vendor program? Yeah, so first, uh, thanks for the uh, opportunity to sit down and chat. It's always a pleasure to chat with you, Anna. And um, prior to SunPower, well, I've been in the industry since uh, 2005 uh, after putting solar on my house. Thought it was a brilliant idea. And I went from a $600 a month bill to a $40 a month bill, just like that. So uh, had to share that experience and, and get into the industry. So I <clears throat> uh, started off with a company in the Central Valley of California and uh, worked for them for a few years, then moved on to Chico, California, where I worked for Alternative Energy Systems and became their sales manager. And uh, when I started with them, it was the two owners, two installers and a part-time secretary. And uh, I left AES, uh, they were one of the first three master dealers uh, in the SunPower network. <clears throat> when I left them in 2015, we had, uh, I, I actually hired the 67th employee that morning. Uh, she actually is from Maui. Oh, wow. And um, and I think we did something like 20 million or something like that that year. Wow. So it, uh, it was an, an incredible experience. I learned a bunch. I went from uh, AES uh, over to SunPower where I was helping to grow the Master Dealer program, among other things. So, you know, that just kind of grew into, uh, you know, channel marketing manager, and then ultimately the uh, the vendor program. And what was your vision for the program? What kind of vendors were you looking for? Well, you know, it, it became apparent um, just through conversations that, um, you know, we always wanted to create value for the dealers, right? Uh, especially the master dealers, right? We're here, here, you know, this elite group is essentially giving up their, their brand, right? And adopting the SunPower brand. So we had to create as much value as possible. And so the vision was to uh, identify those vendors that they're already using, or at least the services, and find vendors that can uh, provide those services, so digital marketing, insurance, those sorts of things, at a lower cost than if they went direct, you know, off the street, so to speak. Um, and then you know, quite frankly, having, you know, the program self-fund itself through percentages and that sort of thing. And I, and I think we did a pretty good job at it. Yes. What was your impression of me when we first met? Uh, sure, sure you want to go there? <laughs> no, uh, seriously, though, um, you know, I've been around, you know, digital marketing space for, you know, years. And so I understood, you know, the basic concept, even though I couldn't pull the levers myself. Uh, but you just like your depth of knowledge was frightening, right? And uh, knowing all the ins and outs of, of Google and Facebook and that sort of thing. So uh, you definitely were the most knowledgeable, knowledgeable person that I've ever met in that space. So yeah, yeah highly technical. Good. So uh, after Paul left SunPower, we worked briefly together, he as managing director for SunPower by ESA Solar out of Orlando. But since then the company moved out of the residential space and now it's focusing on commercial, community, and utility-scale solar. That's right. Paul, can you tell us more about your role at ESA? Yeah, so, um, you know, after we uh, uh, left the residential space uh, for a myriad of reasons, 
uh, I was offered to help lead a team doing utility scale development. And uh, so I have a, a couple of uh, project developers, uh, some land agents who are out there actively talking to landowners, uh, and then a couple of interns. And so we're working on, you know, my team is working on about 20 projects right now, developing them from ground zero to ultimately uh, construction. Paul, tell me, what are the biggest challenges you find or do you see coming for commercial and utility scale solar? Well, I think that, you know, initially it's, it's, is being able to find qualified people. Uh, you know, on the installing side, uh, there's just a lack of labor, period. And so, um, you know, although some industries are some, you know, uh, cross-pollinating skills, if you will, but like the solar specific, uh, I think really needs, um, you know, more training programs, uh, college opportunities, that sort of thing. So, so definitely qualified people is, is probably the number one challenge that we have. That and policy, right? Mm -hmm. it's, it's always an uphill battle with, uh, you know, when you're in an, in, in an industry that's highly affected by um, legislature, uh, utility policy, uh, you know, all of these things, um, you know, you just don't know, you know, what demons around the corner. Um, you know, for instance, you know, we'd been in California We've been battling this NEM 3, uh, 3.0 thing for years. And, um, you know, although, you know, we, we put up a good fight, ultimately, you know, the CPUC uh, decided things against the residential and, and commercial solar industry in California. And, um, you know, curiously enough, uh, the same thing was happening in Florida. And last minute, Governor DeSantis came in and vetoed it down and saved the residential right. solar industry in, in Florida. However, you know, Governor Newsom, who you would think would be pro-solar and pro-industry, didn't touch it. And so, you know, let the CPC just uh, uh, really kind of ruin things. And there's there's been a lot of people that haven't been, been able to adopt, uh, you know, the new, uh, the new policies and tr still trying to figure it out. And so I think, you know, probably 20, 30 percent, um, you know, industry loss just just like that. Yeah. So, you know, and Hawaii, you know, had the same thing happen, you know, years ago right. with, no, with no storage. Right. It's true. And now um, actually we are about to fill up our CGS plus program. That's consumer plus grid supply, which said that, you know, for every one kilowatt back to the grid, you got 10 cents. But they would sell it to you at rack rate, which is now 41 cents. But um, I'm lucky enough that I have not one but two sun power systems on my roof. And the first one was under the net metering agreement. And now since we've sunset the coal burning facility last year on Oahu, um, we were able to, those who had an existing NEM agreement, were able to add additional solar onto their roof and then participate in this HECO battery rebate program. Oh, cool. So for every one kilowatt, I got $850 in a one-time check. So I got two Tesla Powerwalls and got basically like $8,500 from the state. There and then every day between- That's two for one almost. Right. Like, yeah. And then every day from six to 7.30, they draw 80% of both batteries to help the state offer Okay, them. gotcha. But yeah. it also means for commercial um, partners that you can get an extra 10% off on your tax credit. So instead of 30% ITC, it goes up to 40% because we're in an area that has- A retired coal plant. Yeah. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. 
Well, that, that, you know, we also look for areas like that, um, you know, for utility scale. Right. Uh, you know, coal plants, um, you know, whether <clears throat> most of it is just decommissioning, you know, naturally, uh, you know, these, these coal plants are 50, 60, 70 years old, some of them. And this is the, their end of life. And um, so, you know, the more coal plants that we take offline, that energy has to be replaced with something, right? And so whether it's wind or solar, and then augmenting that with utility scale storage as well. But, you know, you, you do get those adders for uh, retiring, mm -hmm. you know, coal plants or... Um, made in American... Made, made in America or, America. you know, because the energy workers, uh, energy workers unemployment rate is at a certain percentage, then there's another kicker for oh, that. Oh, wow. Too. Yeah. I didn't know about that one. So I think it goes up to like 70% or something like that. Amazing. So, amazing. Yeah. Well, and then now that you can basically don't have to hold a tax credit for the Mars Accelerated as well, you can exchange it. Right. Which is makes it a game changer, but it's unfortunate that it didn't pass for residential. Yeah. I mean, you know, that the, the having like direct pay for resi, um, you know, that would be pivotal for, you know, moderate to low income that don't necessarily have the capability to monetize the tax credit. Right. And so a lot of those folks are being, you know, kind of left out. And this is, you know, one of the things that, you know, the industry has this cliche that it's only for the rich or whatever, which which that's absolutely not true. Right. Yeah, we always like but to say if you can afford your utility bill. You can afford sure, solar. sure, but there has to be a, a funding mechanism to be able to you know make that happen. So and direct pay would be one of those things. So are you financing your as its own projects or is it more like PPA or? Yeah, so for utility scale, you know, it works uh, mostly. There's investors. Um, ultimately, there's a system operator and an owner and operator, um, and then there's a power purchase agreement in there somewhere, right? So whether that's with like a utility like Amron or Duke or somebody like that. Or, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, large corporations will have the, the power purchase agreement. So like Google or Apple or places like that um, to offset their, their, their carbon footprint. So how are you currently marketing ESA Solar? Huh. Well, we've, we've gone uh, back to the roots, Anna. It's like uh, for utility, we, you know, mostly just, uh, you know, on LinkedIn and, you know, social media kind of stuff. Uh, very passive, um, but for utility, we don't do a whole lot of marketing per se. Um, amazingly enough, um, you know, kind of the, the, the current thing is, is mailers. And, uh, you know, I was, I was dramatically surprised the, the first, um, the first time we sent out a mailer, cause I'm thinking direct mail, are you kidding me? This is ridiculous, <laughs> you know? And because the gold standard, as you know, is like 1%. If you can get 1% response rate, that's you're, you're crushing it. Yeah. Exactly. First one we sent out, it was like a 15% response rate. Wow. And like, it's nuts. That's amazing. Yeah. And so, you know, that's kind of our first, uh, uh, you know, go to market and then good old door knocking. Yeah. Just out there driving around the country, knocking on doors. So, you know, and it's, <clears throat> it's really fun. You know, it's... Um, it's all of the great things that I love about residential sales, you know, sitting down at the kitchen table and getting to know that person and, and hearing their stories and, and, and trying to solve a problem for them, right? Um, the, the interesting thing, that's the same with, with talking to these farmers, landowners, right? You're getting to know them and building a relationship and trust. 
Um, but the value proposition is drastically different, right? So instead of me trying to talk them into, uh, you know, buying something from me, you know, we're, we're offering them a diversified revenue stream, right? To lease their land for 30, 40, 50 years. Right. And, um, you know, um, you know, some of them are, you know, lifelong multi-generational farmers that, you know, have some, you know, concerns with not farming. Uh, some of them are just landowners that currently lease their property out to a tenant farmer. Um, so, you know, you get to meet all kinds of different people, and I'm learning a bunch about Midwestern farming. Wow, that's so, exciting. Yeah, exciting, yeah, for sure. Yeah. So where do you see the company going in the next five years? You know, we're, we're on an incredible growth trajectory. Um, in fact, like right now, I think we have like seven or eight open recs. Um, uh, for like uh, senior development, um, project development manager. Um, we've got some real estate associates where these are actually the land agents that are out there uh, knocking on doors and such. Um, you know, we're, we're a pretty large privately held uh, developer. And, uh, you know, we have relationships with large uh, owner and operators that we do work for, development services for. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, following that trajectory and just growing and, um, you know, we're, we're people forward. And so, you know, we want to maintain that, the culture that we have, because it's pretty awesome. Um, and uh, just adding people carefully and, and, and diligently um, and just seeing where this thing takes us, but uh, more so on the development yeah. side. Do you still have your two primary locations, and you're in the Northern California and Orlando, or are you in more? Well, we have a we have a main office in Maitland, which is you know at, right outside of uh, Orlando. In fact, we just expanded that because, um, and it's funny when when I first met ESA, I was working for SunPower, and uh, they were the last master dealer that I brought into the program before I left, and so I went out to Orlando to visit with them just to understand the DNA and make sure, you know, it was a good fit. Um, and I just loved them. And, and they were in this, this little office and everybody was just like piled on top of each other. I remember that old office. Yeah. It was, it was, uh, you know, it was so small. And, uh, so then, uh, a couple of years ago we moved and then now we've outgrown that space. We knocked down a wall and, and took over the, uh, the next space over. I haven't seen it yet. I haven't okay. been out there. So December, I think I'm going to go and you know, for our uh, holiday party and whatnot and stay for a week. And and because uh, it's always interesting getting there. It's like, OK, whose desk can I use? Yeah. Right. So you're hot racking desks or whatever. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's just an incredible organization. And um, uh, yeah, really, really happy that the opportunity came up. And I'm getting to learn something different, too. It right? is really so, exciting. Yeah. The solar coaster. Right? The solar coaster. Yeah. yeah. So for our viewers, do you have any tips on, you know, have you experienced any form of digital fraud? And do you have any tips on how to pick a partner and what to look for to, pre to prevent being taken advantage of, I'll say? Yeah, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know whether it's fraud so much. Um, I, I do have a, and we've talked about this many, many times, I do have a pet peeve uh, with the lead generation companies. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because back in the day, you know, for a for a, a modest budget, you could put together a digital marketing campaign and 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 get plenty of organic leads, you know, inbound. Um, but these companies, and I won't name any, but you know who you are, mm -hmm. uh, have stepped in between, 
you know, that solar contractor and the customer. And, you know, what happens is, is you know, that customer experience is just horrible. You know, they fill out what, what seems to be a legitimate form and all of a sudden, you know, their phone starts ringing 24-7. and Farted. Yeah, and it's, and it's a horrible experience. So if you do get to talk to them, they're already pissed off. Yeah, solar fatigue, I call it. Solar fatigue, yeah. That's and then they good... just decide to do nothing out of fear. Of exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly. And so I, I really, really have a pet peeve with them. And, you know, now some companies um, depend on lead generation uh, firms. And, you know, I've been thinking about this, and, and, and it's actually just lazy marketing. Right. And, um, you know, we got to a point, you know, experimenting with different lead generation companies and, you know, the same horrible uh, results. Right. So, you know, your cat goes through the roof and, and um, you know, you got you might get one legitimate lead out of like 50 garbage ones, you know. Um, and that's why we just completely stopped the lead generation stuff. So whatever was coming in organically. Um, and then really focus on referrals. Yeah. And, um, you know, a referral contract might be 600 bucks CAC, something like that, right? Take those all day long. All day long. And so we, we grew our, our referral rate to like 60%, 70%. And uh, it like the last month that we were, um, that we were doing Resi, which was uh, March, of, of, uh, March of this year. Yeah, March of this year. Uh, you know, I mean, it was 90% referral based. Yeah. And um, just a just a much more um, pleasing experience all the way around, right? The customer, you know, has a trusted person that referred them to, you know, to the business and whatnot. So, um, yeah. And, and as far as picking a partner, um, you know, I would say just look for somebody that knows what they're doing and has your best interest at heart. And that and that. Unfortunately, it takes trial and error, right? And skinning your knees and whatnot. But um, that's really what it comes down to is, is, is having somebody that you can trust that really wants to help your business grow and scale. And don't hire lead generation companies. That, I'm with you. God, they're horrible. And, it, yeah. and it's, it's just very unethical. And now, the, I mean, and I will make a name, you know, that now Solar Reviews, they've changed it again. And you can't pick between the two different types. Now there's, you know, you can have a standard lead or preferred lead. And then there's a single duo trio quad in each. So now you have eight different leads and you, you can't decide which one you want. So you just get they used to basically to spend your money and they give you whatever they want to. But there's really no difference in the quality of a single versus a, a duo, yeah. I found. Yeah. Um, and I'm you know not saying that that's hopefully not for everyone, but that's an experience that we've had with our dealers. It's been less and less and harder to trust. Yeah. Yes. I tell you, you know, now, now that you brought up a name uh, i had a personal experience uh with that firm um you know we were we we had a modest budget with them and um and all of a sudden i read this blog post uh that was published by them and, and we were some power dealer that's all we sold right, right. and uh this blog post was talking about why sun power wasn't worth the money and it's like are you kidding me what yeah and it's like this is reduced. I, I mean, I, I, I've, I blew my, my stack with them. Wow. Like, and that was that, that ended the relationship right yeah. there. Just, I mean, yeah. it's one thing you have on, on the other side. I'm a big fan of Best Company. 
they do like really good work. And what I, I really appreciate about them is that if you know a leak comes in, let's say some power sells it to us at the same time, right? They will refund the client 100%. Yep. And that is, I think, the the kind of partners you want that you can trust. Yeah, we together. had we had a good experience with with Best Company for sure. And 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 again, you know, I think they started with legitimate reviews and reputation management, right? And and that speaks to like review, like like referrals, yeah, right. So, um, like to earn a referral, you have to have some review based, right? And yeah. the ones that you can trust, because now right. I mean, when you look at Yelp and what's going on yeah. with them, I mean, how can we even trust that these reviews are real? Because they won't take them down if we can prove that they're they're not, or show the ones that are legitimate if we that can are prove great, that yeah. are real. Uh, so, yeah. and you know, so and another data matches, and it's. Really unfortunate because the consumer is the one who's going to suffer and the business owner. Right. Now you have to pay a dollar a day just to have a logo on your profile. So now how, as I'm a, you know, a consumer wanting to find the trusted company, well, anyone could put up a logo on another page. Sure. There's no verification process like Nextdoor has where you have to, you know, get the EIN and prove the company's identity and right. prove the homeowner actually lives in this neighborhood. There's no oversight. And yeah. that's, um, you know, that's why this Wild Wild West is getting wilder online yeah. Yeah. and what we're trying to accomplish with some, some cha you know, making it more transparent. Yeah. Yeah. So what are you looking forward to the most at the show? Um, you know, the show for me, um, you know, has always been just connecting with, with old friends, you know, industry friends and seeing where everybody, you know, has moved on to. Um, always interested in looking at new technology and that sort of stuff. Um, and then like this year, because I'm in a different role, um, getting to follow the uh, the CEO Lindsay around and uh, you know go into some different types of meetings and you know that sort of thing. So, and again, just expanding my my knowledge base and stuff like that. Yeah, I have a question for you. So, um, so in terms of like content writing, um, where do you see like AI coming in? Because like you know I've played with ChatGPT and stuff like that, and it's pretty incredible that you can have content like that yes yeah you know i think it's going to actually level the playing field um because now you know a lot of basically everyone says oh you know if, if you you use someone else's content right well as long as you change it 30 percent, it really doesn't qualify for a copyright yeah. that mixed with how many people are writing all day long you know there's over like a million websites a day being added to google something yeah. crazy like that so i think that authenticity really is changing and what's nice about a product like that is that instead of having to use an agency, anyone can kind of level the playing field and get copy that is at least appropriate, yeah. right? Um, but it won't take away the need to then have your own really unique voice. And you have to be training the bot in order to kind of get any authenticity. Um, so I don't think it will like remove the need for, for agencies. I think it actually will increase the need for agencies because now everyone's going to look the same. Right. Right. So... Um, but I, you know, for us, we don't really use it very often. Um, we do use, we're training a chat bot with a partner uh, of ours that is, you know, reaching out and texting clients. And about 50% of all appointments now are booked through text in right. residential yep. solar. Yep. Um, so I think that that's a, an opportunity to help, you know, reduce operation cost with having receptionists and the whole speed to lead, yep. you know, really becoming more important. Cool. Yeah, it's, um, you know, that's what I was thinking, you know, on the way over here is, is uh, you know, with AI, you know, that small solar company could, 
you know, essentially if they have, you know, the right tools and stuff to be able to write content for ads and web and stuff like that to increase SEO or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. And then I think that's one of those things about SEO, you know, it was such a, a buzzword, right? And everyone, I think we see it going waves of people care about SEO and then they, they don't and they care again. But um, for my clients, what I recommend is that we don't spend money on trying to get organically to the top of the page because Google can have, there can be eight ads on the sure. first page. Even if you have a rank of, let's say, 10, which would normally be on the first page, that still could be page three. And then every um, combination of search words will yield a different result. So if we're saying utility scale solar Florida, that's a different result than Florida utility scale. Right. Yep. So now how many different possible searches are there and what are we willing to spend to try to get to the top and stay at the top? So you're spending thousands of dollars on a maybe and something that you can't control because others are also adding more content. Yeah. Especially for residential solar, we're never going to have more content than solar reviews right. or Angie's List or, or Yelp. Um, but it doesn't, it, there's still the need for the search engine optimization. And I, the way that I look at it is more on page because now there's new rules. Like in California, we just had that new consumer privacy rule. Right. And um, that comes with accessibility. 26% of users online are qualified now as disabled in some way. So having really good alt tags, you know, where we're reading, if people are using readers, they can read the picture, um, be able to consume the content, you know, through different tools that make it accessible for them. Uh, and so having a good on-site rank, which means having a meta title and a meta description and alt tags, that then shows Google that your site's more valuable than others, and then that can directly relate to us bringing our cost per click down in Google search marketing. Gotcha. And I can always get to the top of the page there, right? And then we block the bots because about half of all clicks are, are fraudulent. So we use um, ClickSees as my recommended right. partner yeah. for protection. Uh, and then you can feel more confident spending a little bit more because we know that it's a real human. They're actually physically located in the place we care about, not VPNing from India right. or whatever right. it might be, pretending to be where they think right. they are. Uh, and then as we start to generate more content on site and you know, using press releases like EIN, Newswire, for the very effective way to boost rank off site because of how many different engines pick it up. Right. So for just $99, you know, you can have a, a massive event uh, in terms of backlinking, which then we do see will start to increase our search impression share at a decreased cost. That's kind of more of how we like to do it on our side. Yeah, you know, which, uh, you know, that, that reminds me, you know, to talk about something too, that like the importance of, of, of writing good press releases and, and using those services to get that out there. Cause you never know, right. Who's going to pick that up and, and, yeah. and what's going to happen. And, and, um, yeah, like the backlinks and stuff like that. It's amazing. Yeah. I go like, I sometimes I go to SpyFu. It's my favorite, uh, spyfu.com. You can put your email or your website in there, and then there are there's paid services, but there's also like free services where you can kind of see what um, how many organic keywords you have, and you know who are your competitors, and at the very very bottom you can see um, the the most the biggest backlink events, and I'll usually always see EI in there after a couple weeks. You know there can be millions of of repostings, right? You know they which so it's very effective. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cool stuff. Yeah. Cool stuff. Love it. Great. Well, thanks so much for um, agreeing to come and and talk with me. You're um, because it's because of you that I've had wow. this. I'm here right now, so I really appreciate your support. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure. Oh.